There were two more murders 15 miles when away. We arrived, they found the telephone the electricity line. The weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Cup of murder. As a parent, you try and give your kids the very best. And that's exactly what the Sapakowskis did for their children. They attended the best schools, had nice cars, and more money than most teens have access to. And on April 28, 2005, their youngest son would find a horrible way to thank them for all that he was given. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. No one had heard from the Sapikowskis for a few days in March of 2005 and started to grow concerned. The family knew something was odd when, not only were the couple MIA, but so was their 16-year-old son, Adam. When police were finally able to locate Adam, he was staying at a hotel in Durham, North Carolina. He told officers and his older brother that he had simply been staying there because his parents were on a trip to El Paso, Texas, and had left about a week before. He, too, had not heard from his parents for about a week, and this was enough for police to go search the home with Adam and his brother. When they arrived, Adam claimed he didn't have a key to his own home, so the officer had to use a credit card to open the garage side door. Upon first glance, everything seemed fine inside of the Chapel Hill home. Maybe Adam was right. They were just on a vacation. But as the officer passed one of the bedroom doors, he saw four chairs barricading it closed. As he walked closer, a stench wafted from the door that made him immediately call investigators. Once inside, they were greeted by a gruesome sight. On the floor were the decomposed body of James Sapikowski, 52, and Allison, 49, wrapped in blankets. One body was on the floor near the door and the other beside the bathtub, and nearby both bodies were spent shotgun shells. By the look of their bodies, they had been dead inside of the home for weeks, putting their approximate time of death at April 28, 2005. A number of things were taken from the home. A shotgun, box of shells, blood-stained clothing, a credit card, a blood-splattered report card, an aluminum bat, and Adam Sapikowski himself. Police began piecing the puzzle together, and this is what they came up with. Adam, again just 16 at the time, got into an altercation with his parents and ended the argument with close-range shots. Once his parents were dead and hidden from view, Adam went to his junior prom, had an after-party at his own home, and checked into a hotel with the credit card paid for by his parents and had been staying there on and off for about two weeks. Had his out-of-state relatives not called to check on the couple, who knows how long they would have laid there before police got involved. So, why did Adam do it? From the outside looking in, Adam had it all. Wealthy parents who paid for everything, a nice car, attendance at a $16,000 a year school, a nice house, sports, friends, and a girlfriend. But if you asked Adam, he was physically and emotionally abused within the walls of his home, and on that day in April, he and his father had gotten into a fight over his girlfriend and grades, and he had threatened him with the aluminum bat found at the scene. That shooting them was a simple act of self-defense. Not just that, but he had been hearing voices in his head since middle school, 
and he had contemplated suicide on many occasions because his parents would berate him about not trying hard enough. However, if you asked Adam's siblings, they disagreed with every ounce of Adam's story. They described their parents as loving, devoted parents who were proud of each of their children and would never lay hands on them. Adam Sapakowski was sent to trial where he pled guilty to felony obstruction of justice and agreed to plead guilty to two counts of second-degree murder. These charges and his pleas were structured in multiple parts so he would have a felony conviction on his record when sentenced, as well as a stiffer prison term. In the end, he was given a suspended sentence and a $10,000 fine for the obstruction charge, 25 years for the slaying of his mother, and 24 and a half years for his father's murder. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on April 29th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.